Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Janikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 3, Episode 1. I am curious. Now, it said I am curious Melrose on my (laughs) edition. (laughs) Yes. It, yeah, it said that on mine too. I bet it has to do with like some piece of um, literature we're just like totally ignorant on. Okay. Because they do say this line in the um, episode. It's something that we might have learned in college had either of us gone to college. Right. Anyway, it is great. We're starting a new season. Yeah. Let's, Sorry, let's, I thought you were going somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I thought I was too, but I'm honestly not. We open, we get a cold open this episode. Yeah. We don't start with a theme song. Because we're kind of where we were at the end of season two in the hospital. Yeah, because we last left off. Michael got run down by Jane's Cabriolet. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing well. He's not doing good. Kimberly's rushing into, we see Kimberly rushing into the hospital and she's like talking to Dr. Levin. She's like, is he okay? Is Michael okay? And Dr. Levin's like, his ex-wife is in jail for attempted murder. And she's like, Sydney? And he's like, no, Jane. She's like, ooh. Mm. Mm. Michael's in bad shape. His chances are less than yours were. (laughs) I like how he like, was ranking them. Yeah. He's like, yours were 50%. Hers are even worse. It's like, really? Because yeah. her accident honestly seemed way more severe. They rolled down a hill. He just kind of rolled on the hood of a cabriolet. Cabriolet does not do much damage. No, we talked about this last week. We think that the cabriolet would have had more damage from hitting a body. Yeah. Anyway, it seems like also... I don't know. We didn't. We just saw him bump up. Like maybe he had some broken legs and stuff. He's got some internal bleeding. I guess he did hit his head. Kimberly drops the act of carrying fiance when Michael and Doctor Levin go into his hospital room. Yeah, she's like gives a little smirk. One down. <laughs> she's just like she. Yeah, she's like hmm. And that's when we get the opening credits at Melrose place. There are cops everywhere and Sydney and Joe are talking outside and Joe tells Sydney about Michael. She's like, Sydney. Yeah. I've been trying to call you. (laughs) I was like, where (laughs) have they ever had like a relationship before Sydney and Joe? I don't think so. It was weird to see them in a scene, but they're clearly just like, give Joe something. Yeah. Joe had nothing this episode. Joe is like, Michael's in the hospital and they have witnesses. They say Jane did it. She's in jail. (laughs) (laughs) We see Jane being interrogated in her little blue jumpsuit. This is the most low budget. It was like from a um, music video. This jail scene? Yeah. Or this like, interrogation? This interrogation scene. It just seemed like it wasn't even a real police station. Like, they just made a fake set. Yeah, it felt like all of a sudden um, a guy with a guitar was going to burst through the wall. <laughs> yeah. And, like, bricks, like foam bricks were going to come falling down. Take me home tonight. <laughs> it's like an Eddie Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
So Jane's being interrogated and she's like, obviously this wasn't me. Someone was wearing a disguise. Yes. And the cop even looks like he was a wannabe rock star. This, okay. I think this guy, it at least looks like the teacher, Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World. Oh. I don't know if it's the same actor, but he looks exactly like him. Well, he has like some hair going he has, on. He has this exact same hairstyle. Yes. Um, so this, this cop doesn't know. He's suspicious. He, he thinks Jane did it. Now, while we're watching this scene, it's like the credits are going by still. And I screamed when I saw Kathy Ireland. Oh, my I was God. Like, this too. is so 90s. Yeah. Like if Kathy Ireland <laughs> is making an appearance, you know, it's the 90s. As soon as Kathy Ireland's name popped up on the screen, I was like, I just know Desi and I are going to bring up Kathy Ireland. I mean, she was so of that era. Yeah. Like she was big. She was huge. Yeah. So the next day, Amanda and Joe are in the courtyard and Amanda's like, God, everything's just falling apart around here. <laughs> I love when Amanda comes in to kind of give a little synopsis of what's happening because she's like, who'd have a thought, who'd ever have thought that Jane would run down her ex husband? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and she's also just so cold hearted about it all. She's like, wow, seems like everyone's either getting put in the hospital or in jail. Yeah, I guess he had it coming. Like, no surprise there. And Joe is like, Amanda, you can have Jake. I just want to want to let you know I'm not even mad. You can have him. I'm not going to fight. <laughs> Is she still pregnant? I feel like she's been pregnant for like 12 months. She's been pregnant for a long time, and she's wearing a baby doll dress. But I just don't... She doesn't I haven't, even look pregnant. She really. doesn't look pregnant, even though they put her in this like kind of maternity look but baby dolls were big then so it's not even weird that she would be wearing one no it's i just where's the joe belly where's the big belly well and to be honest keep that baby in forever i don't ever want it coming out because i hate that (laughs) storyline i i hate that storyline so much it's like keep that baby in keep it in um yeah joe's like i'm over it you can have jake okay Amanda's like, oh, that was easy. Now, Billy and Allison's mom are, like, Allison's mom is still in town. Okay. But why are, why is Billy wearing dockers that are, like, three sizes too big? (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice how big his dockers were? Yeah. They were voluminous. (laughs) Voluminous. (laughs) (laughs) They got a lot of volume. Yeah. They they were insane. They definitely had a lot of volume. And Allison's mom is just like useless. This is she's a, so irritating. She's a useless person. I just wanted someone to like slap her. Cause well, she, she needed to get slapped out of it. She really did. And she's like, Oh, where do you think Allison is? Yeah. Oh. And Billy is equally confused, but the mom is no help. But Billy does put things together remarkably <laughs> fast for Billy. This was like, Wait a minute. Like he put it, it's like two step. He did it in like two sentences. This should have been something he put together over the course of a day. Why would he jump to this conclusion so fast? He's literally mid sentence. He goes, he's like, well, your husband was the last person who spoke to Allison. What did he say? And Billy's mom, I mean, Allison's mom goes, I thought it was over. He's like, what are you saying? And then she's like, oh, no, nothing. Time heals wounds. (laughs) She's being very cryptic. And Billy's like, wait a minute. The nightmares. The nightmares. Allison's been having nightmares. And they started when we stayed with you in Wisconsin. He's coming, yeah. And then he immediately jumps to, he molested her, didn't he? Did he molest them? Like, it's just like... He doesn't even, like, ponder some other um, ideas first for why she could be mad at her dad. Or, like, broach it in a more sensitive manner. Like, did something happen with the dad and the girls? Like, do you know what I mean? There's something shocking about him saying molest them. Like, And she responds by immediately slapping him across the face. And it is, like, the most dramatic slap sound I've ever heard. Right, and very satisfying to see Billy finally get slapped. It's satisfying, 
but it it was like so loud. Like this slap yes. seemed like so much louder than everything else happening. Right, because oh. this woman wouldn't even make a loud slap. No, She's I weak. just I just mean it sounded like comical. Yeah, it was like a comedy. It slap. was insert. They inserted a sound effect that was over the top. Yeah, and Billy doesn't even flinch because it didn't hurt. The sound, the sound was way worse than the it, slap was. It's the way that the slap sounded. It felt like Billy should have fallen on his back. This mom is so irritating. She sucks, and she's like in total denial. She's like, "You don't know what you're what you're saying." Well, the problem I have is how poorly written a type of person. Like, I I do believe this type of person exists. Someone who's in denial about their husband being an abuser. We've seen it before. Um, but she's just not really well written. Do you know what I mean? Like she's, there's no sort of like struggle with her. No, because she immediately goes to <clears throat> denial. And then as we'll see towards the end of this episode, she becomes comically evil. Yeah. I just wish there was more depth to it, but I guess it's Melrose place. There's no, <laughs> there's no depth <laughs> to this woman. She's just sucks. She's in total denial, and he's like, you got to tell me where they are. Well, they're at Grandma's Victorian <laughs> up in the Bay Area. <laughs> well, we know we're in San Francisco next because we hear the um, cable car sound effects. Right. Look, as someone who grew up in San Francisco, this is my, my beef with every TV show that has like a San Francisco scene. You you don't just constantly hear cable car noises. No, they show the cable car. They show the Golden Gate Bridge. But this every literally every time it flashes to this Victorian house in in Melrose Place, it's like you hear ding ding. Yeah. And I agree. I really focused in where this Victorian house was, and it is like an open space this, behind it. This Do house I mean? like, is like in. This house is like in fucking. I don't know. I don't even Angelino know. Heights. Yeah, this house is definitely <laughs> like some house in LA that they're like, oh, that's a Victorian house. Because it has like a huge open space behind it. It is not in yeah. the city. I can understand them being like, oh, this is somewhere in the Bay Area outside of the city. But if that were true, you would not hear this cable car. Cable car. And then like the sound of like, you can also hear in the background, like the sound of Ooh. the Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Two things you wouldn't hear together anyway, even right. in the city. They're like, they're like, what's San Francisco? Fisherman's Wharf and the cable cars. So let's put those sound effects together at this clearly suburban area house. Yeah. No, it's funny. Sorry. It just irritates me. Also, what kind of fucking criminal enterprise job does Meredith have to afford this house? Let's say it is in the Bay Area. This is very expensive real estate. This is a $10 million house. Back then. Right, then. And the funny thing about this house I realized is this is how when I was a child, if I drew a picture of a house, the decor was always Victorian. (laughs) Like the lampshades with the fringe. (laughs) That was like my aesthetic when I drew. I always picked the Victorian house or I always wanted the Victorian house in the game of life. Ooh, yes. Yeah, because I always associated Victorian houses with like spooky haunted houses. There was a spooky grandma vibe that I really liked because both of us are like grandma girls too. A little bit, yeah. We have shades of that. There were there were definitely things when I was a kid that I, if it was like creepy adjacent, I liked it, and I did like the idea of like a Victorian house as a kid. Oh, totally. I just remember drawing those lampshades with like the point. I had those one. silk lampshades. <laughs> I had one in my when I was like in middle school. I had one of those tasselly fringed. Oh, totally lamps. Anyway, um, the interior of this house. I took a picture of it. It is like I. I just feel like so, okay. What is what is Allison's sister like thirty? Yeah, and the way she's decorated this house is so. It's like she has all of the original Victorian furniture. It looks like an. It looks like a bed and breakfast. It looks like a bed and breakfast. 
It also looks like the Winchester Mystery House. Oh, totally. Like a museum piece where you're kind of like, and this is the room how it originally was when Lizzie Borden lived here. It's, <laughs> like, whatever. It's Lizzie Borden's house. It's crazy. Um, Meredith just wants to move on from their mm. childhood trauma, but Allison's like, we got to do something. I mean, I feel for Allison in this um, scenario because I got her sister wanting to move on. Of course, a lot of people don't want to do anything about it, but I get Allison feeling like it's not fair that he doesn't pay for this. Like at least right. ruin him socially in Wisconsin, like right. something <laughs> <laughs> like maybe the statute of limitations is out, but like, I would, I would, I would be like, we got to like ruin his life. Right. At least. Right. Um, no, I totally get both their points, especially from where they're coming out with the time, like where they are in their right. j- journey and their life. Right. Because Meredith has been dealing with been this. dealing with this for like the last 20 years. But Allison has just recovered these memories. So it's like fresh. It's fresh and she wants justice right now. Um, and Allison is like, you know, this is this is she's like, this is why I have so many fucked up relationships. And I was like, what? Which ones? Keith. I guess Keith. But I was like, well, I want to hear about the other ones because <laughs> Keith was the worst, right? Keith was definitely the worst. Like, Billy's not a bad guy. No. Um, and they're really, I mean, but to be fair, Allison is is messed up. She yes. Is, she is messed up. She does have issues. Um, cut to, we see Allison and Meredith's dad lurking outside the house. I just wanted him to like jump off the bridge or something. He's I hate just him. so I hate him too and it's like what are you doing up there? Should we take a break here? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Sydney visits Jane in jail and she's like, Jane, I don't think you did it. I think you're being set up. And then Jane is like, of course I didn't do it, Sydney. Yeah. Someone set me up. <laughs> and then as she's talking to Sydney, she slowly realizes, wait a minute, who would want to set me up? You. I mean, Sydney is really not being smart in this situation. Yeah. I think. She's, well, her first mistake was teaming up with Kimberly. Yes, but she also, I think, at some point needs to realize Jane is not on her side at all. And, right. like, why she keeps trying to, like, mend that relationship, especially in this circumstance. She should stay far away from Jane and Michael. Michael especially, no, I agree. She's like, still trying to have like be like a part of both of their lives. Yeah. In some way. And that really fucks her over in this one. Jake arrives home and finds a note on his door from Amanda. She needs to see him. So he goes he goes over, and she answers the door in a figure hugging little white dress with mesh with like a mesh overlay. It's like a t-shirt dress with like a tank top dress overlay (laughs) it's like a mesh it's a mesh overlay yeah it's cute anyway it's like very she's sexy she's barefoot she's a work from home icon yeah (laughs) um and she's horny and she's like i just wanted to let you know that joe said you're all mine 
What a weird thing to say. Like, I thought. And then Jake's like, I'm not some prize to be won. I mean, Jake is, his body language from the get-go, from the moment he gets the note, is like not interested. He's over Amanda, but more importantly, he's over being tied down. He's like, I just need to be single right now. He just wants to be like, Free. He's sick of relationships. He thinks that relationships are the problem. I mean, I agree. Jake should be single for a while. Um, and right, Amanda's like, great, find your go find yourself. But she's devastated. She's devastated. She won't be there when he gets back, which is a lie. Yeah, she says, and don't expect to find me waiting for you when you get back. <laughs> Jake, Jake's kind of instead of saying like I would never expect the way he says it's like I don't. It was like I hope you aren't. Because I don't want it. He does not care. No, he really. Also, he's wearing an incredible short sleeved sweatshirt. Yeah. That I didn't realize till the <laughs> very end of this scene. I was like, oh, that sweatshirt doesn't have sleeves. It's like <laughs> short sleeves with the little um, band, the elastic band that it normally would be at the wrist. Right. But it was at the arm. So it almost like looked like a little Peter Pan puffy sleeve <laughs> like shirt. It was very funny. But I want to say I want it. It was looked comfy. Sydney is not allowed in Michael's hospital hospital room, so she's just kind of lurking around the hospital. Sydney's always lurking around the hospital. <laughs> she is such a dumbass. Stay out of this. Because honestly, I feel like all of her meddling is what kind of made Kimberly be like, oh, I have a new path now. She's such a mark. Yeah, she She's is. such a mark because Sydney is so desperate for love and affection from like anybody. And Kimberly rightfully should be like worried that Sydney's gonna like, you know, bail on the plan too. Like she's not a she's not like a steadfast, you know, companion in a crime spree. Yeah. <laughs> so Kimberly sees Sydney lurking outside the door. And so she goes to talk to her and she's like, You shouldn't be here, Sydney. And she's and Sydney's like, I I know you ran Michael over. And they, they think it's Jane. Yeah. And Kimberly's like, well, they're going to believe that you ran him over before they believe me, his loving girlfriend. That's true. And Sydney tells Kimberly, she's like, Jane thinks I did it. And Kimberly's like, you know, Sydney, you might want to think about leaving the country because if I'm pressed, I might start pointing the finger at you too. And Sydney's like, Jane's going to finger me. <laughs> and I was like, damn, they couldn't have rewritten that. <laughs> Um, that's such a good point. No person in their twenties in in the nineties would would use that phrase. Jane, but Sydney does have a little gangster's mole sort of vibe Energy. sometimes, and like language. That's true. That is true. But yeah, Jane's gonna finger me. Um, yeah, and Sid, and that's when Kimberly's like, you know, Sydney, I might just finger you too. Yeah. There's a lot of fingering going on. Back in San Francisco. Meredith's talking about how shitty her love life has been with Allison. And both- Allison's like, hold your, hold my beer. I've got Keith. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever beat that one. Yeah. Did I, yeah. She's like, did your boyfriend ever kill himself on the phone with you after he stalked yeah. you for a year? Not bragging. And but- put your boyfriend in the hospital because <laughs> he beat him up with a tire iron. I don't think so. Meredith goes to pick up food. She leaves Allison all alone in her creepy Victorian Mm. mansion. There are like hardly any lights on in this place. No, it's very shadowy. It's like the thriller house. Yeah. (laughs) Allison is creeping around. Darkness falls across the land. It's so that vibe. (laughs) She thinks she hears something and she's like going down a dark hallway to check it out. And she opens the bathroom window and she notices the noise she heard is just a shade flapping. But this like window is just wide open without a screen on it. I would be a little freaked out by that. Like who left that open? And it's real flappy. It's, like, it's windy. So flappy. Yeah. I mean, it is the bay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's windy there. She's like, oh, I just scared myself. But then... Her dad pops up from out of nowhere. I gasped. Even though I knew it was coming, I totally was like, 
Like it was a little bit of a jump scare. Yeah. The dad grabs her from behind. He does his signature move of putting his hand over her mouth. Oof. And he goes, pumpkin, no screaming. You and I have a lot to talk about. I won't hurt you. <laughs> pumpkin. What is going on with this voice that he uses? It's like he's acting evil. But he's like, like a villain. It's very warbly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, like it's a very warbly almost. It's it's psychotic because he's like pumped up. His adrenaline is going right, <laughs> and he's like, and he starts giving her this like, you know, if you tell any, if you tell Billy, he's gonna know you're soiled. Soiled. <laughs> you're soiled. You're tainted in your damaged goods. It's such an old school. Um, you know, mentality of like why women wouldn't come forward. They were, they were worried men would be like, she's soiled, right? Like, I mean, it it's really, so gross. It really goes with the aesthetic of being in this Victorian house. Yes, for sure. Although I do feel like, what year is this? 94? Yeah. Maybe, something like that. I do feel like this, the like the molestation storylines were peaking. Because I remember, like, it was big topic on Oprah in, like, the 80, late 80s. <laughs> I only remember that from personal experience where I was like, oh, people are talking about this because it was kind of crazy. And I do feel like soap operas really jumped on that bandwagon where people started talking about sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse more. It was something that was being discussed more openly. Yes. So I think it became a, you know, trendy storyline on soap operas for sure, too. Yeah. Um, and we're not saying that that didn't exist prior to 94, which leads me to my next point. (laughs) Last week on our show, I sarcastically said that bisexuality didn't exist prior to 1994. I was joking. That was a joke (laughs) I was making. I know this because in 1994 myself, I had crushes on both men and women. So I know it did exist then. Yeah. I was making a joke about it not existing in the media. Representation-wise. Representation-wise. That was a joke. Thank you. Anyway, back to San Francisco. He want, He's like, you need to just go back to Los Angeles and forget this all happened. Yeah. And that's when we see Meredith creeping behind. She's got a gun. We, we don't know where the takeout is. Yeah. Where's, we'll, where's the food? <laughs> She's like, I, I forgot my keys. <laughs> I would have appreciated a little bit of an exposition. It would have been funny to see her holding like takeout Chinese containers mm. and a gun. Yeah. It's like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, she... She points a gun at her father and she's like, don't move, daddy. I swear to God or I'll blow your brains out. I love when that's said in like a little baby voice. Yeah. Because <laughs> this actress does have a little baby voice. She was everywhere. Tracy Nelson. Yeah. In that time period. Absolutely. At the hospital, the detective wants to talk to Michael. And Dr. Levin's like, well, I don't know if he's going to regain consciousness again. He's like, I don't give a shit. But just is- then, <laughs> in the naked, right after, right after Dr. Levin's like Michael's unconscious, we get a doctor going, Mr. Mancini's conscious again. <laughs> He's regaining consciousness. Now, I thought that was a clever little cut going from blow your brains out to talking about Michael's brain trauma. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, so Michael regains consciousness. This is a very daytime soap Um Storyline. Storyline. Because it's like, yes, like you said, they're talking about it, and then all of a sudden we're moving forward. Amnesia is such a classic soap trope. Yes. And it's a very convenient plot device to add, to sort of raise the stakes. Absolutely. Especially with someone like Michael, because he can only go off vibes now. Yeah. (laughs) He only has his vibe check to go off of. The other thing I love about Michael Mancini's amnesia is that he still knows all of his like medical stuff conveniently. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert. Maybe that's, amnesia. maybe that's real. Um, but we also get our singular Matt appearance. 
dude, of by course, Michael's bedside. <laughs> of course, Matt is the one friend who's, I mean, granted, Matt does work at the hospital, but he's like, of course, after everything that Michael has put Matt through, he's, he's holding his hand. He's like, it's going to be okay, Michael. He's, he's with him bedside. <laughs> and when Dr. Levin and the detective comes in, they're like, Get out of the way. Who's this? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> well, it is funny that he regains consciousness with by Matt's voice, right? I, I would believe that. <laughs> I would believe that too. It's like the one, I guess they did have their issues, but he's sort of like a low-key personality in Michael's life, yeah. basically. The detective asks Michael if he saw the car that hit him, and he does not remember anything. He's got a big old bandage wrapped around his head. Yeah. And then Kimberly goes to his bedside and she's like, hi, Michael. And he doesn't recognize her. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't know who you are. Yeah. I mean. Classic. Classic amnesia storyline. It's begun. Back at Meredith's, she's still holding her dad at gunpoint while he's pleading, pleading his case. He's like trying to excuse his actions and be like, you guys turned out okay. Right. Which Allison clocks immediately. She's like, we're not healthy. (laughs) She's holding a gun on you. I just left out a window through my wedding for on my wedding day. Yeah. And it's like, yes. I mean, the dad is just pathetic. Yeah. He's really stupid. And all of a sudden the dad knocks the gun out of Meredith's hand and they fall to the floor and are wrestling for the gun. And that's when Billy bursts through the door. Crazy. Billy just happens to show up at that exact moment. At that exact moment. And he's like, Elson. (laughs) (laughs) And Billy manages to scare the dad off. Yeah. And the dad runs out the door and then we hear his car starting and peeling out of there. (laughs) I'm out of here, girls. (laughs) The next day, Michael is being questioned by the detective and he still can't remember anything. But yeah, this is when he's like, but I do remember everything about being a doctor. He's still Michael, though. He is still Michael. He's like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Another cop comes in and informs the detective. He's like, Jane Mancini has a statement. And the detective's like, nice, she's going to confess. Yeah, we know that's not happening. Back in San Francisco, Meredith is like, Allison, it's over. And Allison's like, don't we have to like prosecute or something? Yeah, I don't see how it's over. It's not over the for Allison. The dad peeled out. Yeah, the dad's on the lamb. <laughs> this I would is still be far scared. from over. Yeah. This is far from over. But Meredith does not want to. She wants to move on. Yeah. We see Jane talking to the detective, and she's like, I would like to make a statement. And she says, I know who did it. I've been protecting this person for a long time, but I just can't anymore. It was my sister, Sydney Andrews. And she's like, she had a key to my apartment. She wouldn't know where my car key were, car keys were. She would know when I was at work so she could steal my cabriolet. I love too where she's like, she knew where my car key was. And I've been trying to get it back from her for a year. Like, or something. <laughs> I was like, just a little subtle shade. Like, just a trust little. Trust me, I've been trying. Yeah. Um, and she says, and she hates Michael. Yes. Does she though? No. Jake's on a boat. The boat. I always forget about the boat <sighs> the when he's back on it. I was boat. like, oh yeah, he owns the boat. The boat is back. He's on a boat, and we see, we get like an establishing shot in the ocean of Jake's boat surrounded by a few other boats. Yeah. Which is weird. They're like having a boat party. They're all anchored in the same spot. Does that happen? I mean, I have no idea. I don't know. It seems weird though. But he's like drinking a beer. I don't even know what he's doing. I thought like, what is he just hanging out on his boat? I I think he's like, I don't have to be in a relationship anymore. I can just do what I want. And what I want is to go out on my boat and drink a beer. (laughs) Like it's sort of like a, relationship rebellion i think but doesn't he have a business to run isn't he like doesn't he have a chartering business who the hell knows what his deal is when was the last time 
Jake like made any money. I think Jake is always Bowden. We just don't see it anymore. Because when he's not in the scenes, he's Bowden. <laughs> but he used to be more of a prominent storyline. Right. Right. His business. So he can hear a couple arguing. I I at first I was like, oh, he is chartering a boat <laughs> because or he's chartering something because this is a couple arguing upstairs, like on the deck or whatever. No, he can hear this couple arguing from another boat. And it's very clear. It is like this would be a muffled conversation, and this couple would have had to be extremely loud for him to hear from across the water. Right, and you might only make out a few words. But this was, like, crystal clear. Yeah, you little slut. And it's very clearly, like, very, like, you don't have... There's no reading between the lines here. No. It sounds really bad. It sounds bad. The husband is accusing the wife of something, and he's being very verbally abusive, and then we hear, like, a slap... And a splash. And, a, and the, yeah, we hear like a slap, like he hits her. He hits the wife. And then we hear a splash. And Jake, Jake is in, like, he's, he's not normal Jake. We know he's going through something because he doesn't immediately get up, grab a shotgun, and go kick some ass. Swim across with the shotgun. Right. No, he's like, I'm not interested in helping any ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let her get beat. No, like, this is no Jake. more Mr. Good Guy for me. It's like this is Jake's logic right now is he thinks that because he's on this like journey of being single that he's like, and I'm not, I don't like any broads in any capacity. Honestly, it's kind of believable. Yeah. That's how of a, much of an adult he is in a way. Like he's just kind of like, I got to be strong. Don't help any women. <laughs> it's so stupid. So we see this woman swimming up to his boat. It's Kathy Ireland, and she is helped up onto his boat. She looks like she's serving Mariah in the My All video with her cascading wavy wet hair and her, right. and her little mini dress. Like and she looks flawless coming out of the ocean. Yeah, she's like a mermaid, and she's like explaining to Jake, I'm already irritated by this bitch. Me too, because she's... Immediately manipulative. Yes. Right? After coming off of this supposedly horrifying situation. No, she's like horny. Yeah. She saved my life. She, she's she's <laughs> I was like, like, how? <laughs> you literally climbed onto his boat. He didn't do anything. He, she's pushing together her tits. Yep. And she's like, wow, you <laughs> saved my life. And she's ta- explaining to him. And she's like very horny while she's talking about it. She's like, he's my husband and he's very powerful and rich and he has connections everywhere. And she's like, and he's like, lady, I'm going to drive you back to the docks, (laughs) drop you off because I'm not dealing with women right now. I'm not because she said something like, that's my husband. Aren't you curious? And he's like, I'm not curious. (laughs) I was like, that's the title. Of the episode. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not getting involved, lady. Not interested. Um, very out of out of character for Jake. Yes. So she's like, I can't. I can't go back to land. He'll find me. Can't you just give me a ride to San Diego or Mexico? No, and he puts her in her place. He's like, I don't want to get involved. Yeah. Sydney finds Kimberly as she's leaving the hospital that night. And she's like, Kimberly, I think Jane implicated me. And she's, she's scared. She's terrified. And <laughs> she's like, I'm scared to death. And Kimberly says, well, don't die, Sydney. Nothing's that bad. <laughs> she's like, I don't have an alibi. I was alone. I didn't see anybody that day. And she's like, you do have an alibi, Sydney. And she gives her this fake story that's going to be their joint alibi together. That's like a little too detailed. She's like, this is what you're going to say. You were having lunch with me at the farmer's market at a seafood stand at 2.30. Yeah. Say that again. And she's like, we'll be each other's alibi. And yeah. Sydney's like, wow, gee, thanks, Kimberly. So clueless. Jake pulls up to shore and shoves this lady off his boat. And he's like, here's 50 bucks. 
And she's like, how can you do this? And he, and he goes, you picked the wrong time, lady. <laughs> this is a new shake. Yesterday, I would have totally driven you to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and she's like, but my husband. And she reluctantly starts slowly walking off because she knows that Jake's going to have a change of heart. Yeah, she's, she's sauntering off. And he does immediately have a change of heart. He's like, fine, you can stay on my boat for a couple days, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's literally like, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) He's really trying to get back on his boat and start doing boat things. But then he's like, I can't do it. He throws his jacket to the ground. Yeah, he's mad. In a fit of rage. And he he invites her to stay on the boat for a couple days. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. No backbone. You you know what's going to happen. I I think he should help this lady. But I think he's... I mean, he did help her already. He helped her, but he he doesn't need this lady staying on his boat for three days. And he's honestly right in this situation, Jake. Like, you don't need this complication. Um, he should help her in a way where he's not inviting her to essentially live with him for three days. Right. Like, drive her somewhere and then give her money or, yeah. like, whatever. Um, leave the boat out of it. Why would you ruin your business by having some crazy husband come and create some drama? Yeah. The next day, Sydney is approached by officers at Melrose Place. And they're like, we need to ask you about where you were the day that Michael was run over. And she's like, well, I was with Kimberly at the farmer's market eating at the seafood stand at 2.30. (laughs) Just like the worst over-detailed, you know, that cute little seafood place? And I left at 2.30. Like, it was like no one would say it that way, Sydney. She gives her them her fake alibi, and they leave, and she's, like, looking to herself like they bought it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Billy and Allison come home, and Allison's mom is waiting, and she's like, oh, Allison, I was so worried. And Allison is not having it with mom. She's not happy with her. She says, I was in San Francisco, mother, with Meredith. It's all out in the open now. Whatever do you mean, Allison? (laughs) She's still in denial. Yeah. And Allison doesn't want to hear it. She's like, you had to have known. And she denies it. And she goes, daddy admitted it. Yeah. The mom was like, shit. (laughs) That's when she does a heel turn. And she's like, you are disgusting. Yeah. She calls her daughter disgusting. For trying to ruin her dad's life. Yeah. She's like, why are you trying to cancel your dad, Allison? This is so embarrassing. Mm. And she's like, I'm going home. I will not betray my husband. Yeah. And then we also find that she was on the phone with the dad. Yeah. The dad like already spilled the tea. So the mom is just gross. The mom is like super gross. So Allison has two disgusting parents Mm. and she's devastated. I mean, at least it makes it easy. Like they're both disgusting. You don't have to worry. There's like, there's there's no gray areas. Yeah. It's not like a nice one living with the gross monster. No, they're just like, okay, bye. They're both terrible people. At the hospital, we see detectives ask Kimberly for her alibi the night of, or the day of the, cabriolet incident and we see sydney sydney's just there lurking behind a corner she's in her suspenders she's got (laughs) a little black pants black t-shirt and black suspenders this was a really cute outfit yeah she's like i'm gonna put a little um snooping look together it was (laughs) it was giving junior detective snooper absolutely i really liked it kimberly starts is giving her alibi and it is not the seafood stand at the farmer's market. No. She tells the detectives, well, I was at the USC library doing research and I was there from uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And 10 people saw me. (laughs) And that's her original alibi she told Levin last episode too. Yeah. So she's like... She's got it together. She's got it together, yeah. And the detective is like, you weren't at the farmer's market? And she goes, farmer's market? I haven't been there in years. Yeah. Sydney is like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) she's shocked. That night, Billy's like, I brought you some soup. He brings Allison some soup. 
and a bunch of crackers. I did I did appreciate that. The crackers are nice. Did you see it? But he brought her a lot of crackers. Yes. You, she likes to dip them in the soup. Billy's like, maybe maybe Meredith is right, Allison. <sighs> maybe going after your dad is just stupid. And he's like, we should focus on the future. Forget the past. This is so irritating. And Billy should not be going here. It is not his place. He should be asking Allison, what do you need? What do you need? Right. I do mean, the fact that he's, this is like abuser's language. Like, let's just move forward. Let's focus on the future. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's so, I really did not like that he did this. He was very dismissive. Yeah. He was, he wasn't being considerate of the complicated and awful feelings that Allison must be feeling right now. He needs to say, whatever you want to do, I support. Period. That's exactly what he should have said. Yeah. But he didn't. He just wants to stuff her face full of crackers and take her to Las Vegas to get married. Yeah. Because that's what he suggests. He's like, he's like we're going to drive to Vegas. We're going to get married. This, this would drive me insane. Now, she was being very um, gracious about this. Yes. She was like being agreeable to this. It seems. It seems. In this moment. She and was. I don't I don't doubt I don't even mind like if it was a matter of like talk this through with me. What are the pros and cons? You know what I mean? But she wasn't asking for that from him. No, she just wanted someone to support her and like go through this journey with her and accept that this was gonna be like weird for a while and that maybe like, I, okay, as we said last week, I don't agree with what Allison did, just, like, not contacting Billy, at right. least in some way, and letting him know what's going on. But, I like, I do understand her being, like, I'm not really in, like, a wedding mood right now. Yes. And I, I also feel like it would be just as wrong for Billy to be, like, you got to prosecute. Like, do yes. you know what I mean? It's her decision. It's and, her decision. Uh, he should be supportive. Kimberly shows up at Melrose Place that night no one's awake. Yeah, she's got her little flashlight. She's got her she's, little hairpin. She's a little <laughs> cat burglar. And we see her put gloves on and enter Sydney's apartment with a key. So she got a key. Okay, yeah. To Sydney's apartment. She then plants a blonde wig in Sydney's drawers. See, this is why Kimberly is a good crook or criminal. Because she goes the extra mile. With the gloves, even when she might not have to. Right. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to be like, do it like in the movie. She thinks about everything. Yes. On the boat, we get more of this boring storyline with Kathy Ireland. She does the classic like, ooh, just got out of the shower. Okay, this was so inappropriate. Because <laughs> she, she, when she comes out and she's practically naked. Yeah. And Jake's just right there when she opens the door because yeah. she knows she was standing there for a while. Yeah. Because <laughs> once again, perfect timing that she... Because, you know, boats, all the hallways are like barely human-sized. Yeah. So he's like trying to walk through and that little sad door opens. You know, <laughs> everything's like a camper trailer on a boat. Yeah, it's so and uncomfortable. she's just standing there with like a towel kind of holding up a towel. Yeah. And they start kissing and Jake kiss is kissing her back like it's not just her no because she's like can i repay how can i repay you i like how she's immediately horny for jake because of course i mean he's very he hot. hot i understand it but this lady is also very irritating no he totally goes in for it he like grabs her by the back of the head he's, he's like, into it yeah but then he stops and he's like and that's all you're gonna get because i don't want to get involved we're even Consider it even. And she's like, that's it? I'll blow you too. <laughs> At D&D, Allison goes into Amanda's office. And Amanda um, hasn't seen Allison since before the wedding. This is hands down my favorite scene of the episode. Me too. I love it. This was the best scene. <laughs> it's so funny. Because Amanda immediately starts digging into Allison. Yeah. She's, she starts with... Aren't you supposed to be on a honeymoon? Oh, that's right. You have to be married to go on a honeymoon. How's your cold feet doing? <laughs> it's just like immediately digging into Allison. And Allison's like, Amanda, I had a personal problem. 
And she's like, I need to take some time off. <laughs> she has the audacity. <laughs> she's like, and I need to take some time off so I can go to Las Vegas with Billy so we can get married. And she's like, let me guess, Allison. What, is, what could your personal problem be? Is Steve McMillan back from Europe? <laughs> I love that Amanda, she's like the person we all need in our life who dares to ask what someone means when they're a vague about a personal problem. Right. <laughs> Because it's like most of us are too polite to dig in, but Amanda has no qualms. Because she, Allison mentions it once, and Amanda doesn't really say anything except digging into her a bit. But then she's like, no, really, tell me what the personal problem is. Yeah. And Allison, Allison has had it in this moment. She goes, I was abused, okay, when I was a kid by my father. Is that good enough for you? And then Amanda immediately, she's nice, Amanda. She's immediately nice, Amanda. And she goes, oh, God. Oh, Allison, I'm so sorry. Are you, are you going to press charges? And she, Allison says she doesn't know what she wants to do, but that it doesn't feel over. And Amanda, of course, is like, well, if, if it were me, I wouldn't let him get away with it. Oh, you know Amanda would go after him. Amanda would, she should employ Amanda to ruin this man's life. Yes. I would get Amanda on my team fast. Amanda would like erect a billboard in Wisconsin. This could have brought them closer together. Because this is the kind of project Amanda likes to do. Oh, yeah. To take down an evil man. Yeah. Uh, And Amanda, of course, is like, and of course, you can take off as much time as you want. But I will be bringing this up in the future. Jane returns home to find Sydney at the complex. And Sydney is shocked when she runs into Jane. And she's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I got bail. And I anticipate the charges will be dropped by the end of this week. Because they have a new suspect. You. And Sydney's like, it was Kimberly. It wasn't me. She's out of her mind. And Jane's like, the only person who's out of their mind is you, Sydney. Right. Like no one at this, it's funny watching this after having seen it because we all know Kimberly's out of her mind. Yeah. But no one, I wonder if at the time I was, I mean, we know because we're seeing what's going on behind the scenes, but like no one believes Kimberly is out of her mind. No one has seen any evidence of evil Kimberly yet. No. And it's just so funny. But they have seen messy Sydney time and time again since day one. Totally. But it is crazy that Jane thinks that Sydney would try to do this. Like, uh, it just, just doesn't seem Sydney to me. So Sydney's like, I'm getting out of here. She should have done that days ago. Dude. She, <laughs> Why is she still there? As soon as Kimberly said, I'm, I'm going to finger you next if I'm pressed yeah. to do it, she should have gone to Cancun. Yeah. Back at the hospital... Michael tells Kimberly that he had a dream and now some of his memory is coming back and something he knows is that he loves her. But there was also another part of his dream. (laughs) He said that there was a woman with red hair and green, almost demonic eyes. (laughs) And Kimberly goes, that's Sydney. And she's been taken care of. I love that even in Michael's and amnesia fueled dreams, he has Sydney being demonic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember much, but there's another redhead. <laughs> <laughs> the next day we see Billy packing up a very nice looking convertible. When did he get this? This has to be a rental car. Yes. He, you know, he rented this and was like, we're going to Vegas and we're going to a nice car. I'm going to get the tin cans on the back. <laughs> Just married. <laughs> <laughs> Allison approaches him and is like, Billy, I decided not to go. I'm going to press charges. And I just want to devote my time to doing that right now. And he is fucking pissed. He's pissed. See, this is, this is why Billy is just not a great partner in this moment. He's really dropping the ball right now. I understand that Billy has a right to be like angry about this whole situation or frustrated maybe. But that he's guilting Allison over this is wrong. I think, though, if he truly was sort of like 
on board with supporting her, he would have never suggested this um, shotgun wedding to I, begin with. It should have been like, yeah, it's like, come on. I agree. I just mean, I understand that he's frustrated that their wedding that they had planned didn't happen. I think it's, I, I guess I'm just like so anti-Billy in this because oh. he is like, I feel like, yeah, when it happened, it's frustrating. But the moment you find out, I feel like you have to be like, oh my God, like, of right. course. Like, right. And the fact that he was like, let's just go get married. No. It's like, that's not happening now. Even if she uh, didn't want to press charges, the last thing you need to do is, there's no rush here. There's no rush. Um, so I just think he should have been more sensitive and even if Allison was like, yeah, let's go get married, he should have been like, no, we need to wait. We'll do that in two weeks. You need to process She whatever. needs to process this, and he needs to be completely supportive of her. And I think the other thing is, like, when she was like, yeah, let's go to Vegas, he was just like, let's go to Vegas. Like, not once did he think she might possibly not want to do this when it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he should have expected a little bit that maybe when it came down to it, she wasn't ready to take this trip or whatever. Like, yeah, this I don't is, know. Allison's going through a lot. This is, she lost both of her parents in like a matter of days, not to mention the horrific trauma that has resurfaced. I, it's different now, Billy. Things it's are different, different now. now. And yeah, I just feel like he, it's classic Billy though. It's not to be unexpected that he would act this way. And he, he's like, let's move on. Let's do it. Like, right. Um, cause nothing, cause Billy didn't have a shitty childhood. Also people in a situation like this, this traumatic, like that's happening right in the, in the moment can be reckless. You don't want to make them do big things when they're in that state. I think. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, she needs a very calm environment to kind of just process. She needs right. to just be at home eating soup and crackers and M- doing nothing. Maybe going to counseling yeah. right now. Some yes. talking to a professional. Imagine going to Vegas and this. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like that I, is the worst possible place to I be. don't think even I would do that <laughs> in this situation. It's like it's not even like let's go get married at City Hall. Let's go to Vegas. Like, come on. Like that's not that's not where anyone needs to be going through trauma. <laughs> also, why do you want to associate getting married with like also the time you remembered your dad was molesting you? Don't you want to put some distance between... I agree. Don't you? Wouldn't you want to like put some distance between this Absolutely. horrible moment and like a moment that's supposed to be joyful? No, because every time you think about your wedding day, yeah. it's going to be this. Right. No, I agree. Um, And Billy is like, I knew you'd do this. I mean, his reaction is insane, even if he is disappointed or whatever. It's well, like, keep it to yourself. Complain to Jake. Like, I don't know. Like, No, he's, he has a right to have complicated feelings about this, even feelings uh, where he feels guilty for being upset about it. But that's not something he should put on Allison. No. He should. You're right. He should put that on Jake. He should have like a beer with Jake and be like, I even feel shitty for being annoyed. But that's yes. just my truth. That is perfectly acceptable but the fact that he would act like a little spoiled brat in this moment is crazy because it's like yeah you should have expected this to be honest like right um and she's like billy and then he just hauls ass out of there in this convertible i mean what is he doing is he's like well i'm i still got i'm going to vegas (laughs) like what is he doing now we talk we talked at length during the first season of Melrose Place about what we thought was the turning point for the series as a whole. I'm, to me, this moment is the turning point for Billy's destruction, like his soul's destruction. Because as the series progresses, we see Billy becoming more and more blackpilled and just bitter nihilistic and bitter yeah like he is a shell of his former self he becomes that right from the happy go lucky (laughs) (laughs) like he does become a different person and it is it is one of the more fascinating uh character arcs on the series it's true yeah it is true i do think despite being billy being such a dipshit especially in the beginning of the series this is a very interesting character arc. Because it's always kind of fascinating to see when someone kind of 
gets really cynical. Because I do feel like it happens to all of us, in a, in a, not to that extreme, obviously. But there is a moment in all of our lives where it's like, okay, the innocence is broken. Like we see the world a little differently than maybe we did pre-whatever event or whatever experience maybe changed things. And sometimes when I'm with kids too, like if you see a little kid, you're like, they don't know anything's wrong yet. Like, and it's do you know what so, I mean? You're and it's so like, ha- I was that way once too, where I didn't think about like bad things yeah. or like whatever. And it's sad. But Billy goes down a very um, emotionally dark road. Well, and it's especially interesting because Billy was well into his 20s and he was still that guy. <laughs> happy go lucky he was so naive yes he was so naive and i think billy is the type of person who doesn't have any tools whatsoever to deal with any sort of uh trauma no because he's, he's at a disadvantage because he's never had to deal with any real hardship up until this point no he's completely shook yeah by just something not going the way he thinks it's going to go even right. Uh, even we back in the day when he wasn't getting his writing gigs, right. It was like, what? Like, right. (laughs) This is crazy. Like, (laughs) um, yeah, poor Billy, poor Billy, even though he's a dipshit, it's still, um, tragic to watch his arc. Well, because as much as the character annoys me, uh, he didn't deserve, he doesn't deserve what happens. (laughs) He really doesn't deserve what happens to him. And he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just irritating sometimes. And he's clueless. And I wouldn't want to be in a romantic relationship with him, obviously. No. But I do enjoy watching it at the same time. Oh, my God. As much as he doesn't deserve it, I'm here to watch. Well, it's, (laughs) it's similar to Jane, too. We see Jane's innocence completely stripped away where awful things happen to Jane and it's like riveting to watch even though she's also not a bad person right and that's sort of um what must be interesting about re-watching the show is ending it and then immediately going to see the beginning where they were all just like we're on a sitcom <laughs> on Melrose Place <laughs> like they're all just so happy and innocent yeah yeah at Shooter's we see Sydney begging her old coworker for some money because she needs to skip town. Why and is she still there? Why is she still in town? Why is she in a very public place where everyone like knows her? Where everyone are one of the four places people would be looking for her. Dude. <laughs> like shooters, the beach house, the hospital, and Melrose Place. <laughs> like- and she's at fucking shooters. And the coworker's like, uh, Sydney, I can't. The cops are like looking for you. <laughs> Who is this? fucking co-worker did we see her before never seen this maybe we have she looks like she's like she's like this role would have been played by melanie hudson that's that's who i was imitating that's who i was imitating because she reminds me of her from snl totally right is that she's like oh sydney i can't like playing jan (laughs) she reminds me of of when she would play donna martin oh my god yes no she was totally metal melanie hotzel playing donna martin on snl yeah Yeah. awesome (laughs) it was so funny uh the cops the cops already came by here they're like looking for you you better get out of here yeah totally sydney's like (laughs) sydney sydney's like uh okay and she turns she turns she pivots to the door she sees the cops. She goes, uh-oh. She immediately <laughs> pivots around. The cops tackle her and put handcuffs on her. And Sydney's like, no. And she's really silent screen acting here because she's like writhing in the cups, in the cuffs. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so funny because I was like, why did that bitch not say the cops are here right now behind you? No. Because they're literally sitting at a t- two-top in the park. <laughs> they're right there. They're right there. And that's where we end. We end with Sydney getting put in cuffs. And that's where we ended last season was Jane getting put in cuffs, right? Like, yeah. It was sort of a nice little callback. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this season. I know there's some really exciting shit about to go down, some storylines I love that uh, I, yeah. I can't wait to talk about. 
I'm excited because I never really remember until it starts, mm. the storyline starts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I haven't done a rewatch before. I only saw it like one time. Right. So it's always exciting to kind of get reminded of what's coming. Oh, I, I know vaguely because it's been a long time since I did a rewatch. But yeah. I do know vaguely some highlights. Um, I'm particularly excited about what's going to go down with Allison. Yes, that I remember. That is... <laughs> That is a great moment. Right. Anyway, we will be back next week for episode two of season three. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.